wait, I threatened Megan? You, you Oh, I just did it. I didn't threaten. I complained that I wasn't allowed to buy more board games. That's a good threat. It was not a threat. I'm scared of my wife. As all good marriages are. All I'm saying is, there wasn't anything recording, so the only thing that stands between you and me is like a, who believes whom? I don't know. Maybe Megan believes me. She's married to me. She has to believe me. That's why I'm saying maybe she believed me. I was there, too. I can't see Dan come to bodily harm based on your lies. (laughs) (laughs) David, you're a good friend. That's a very good point. It's important to me that you know that. Make fantastical worlds, their finances, and the implications they have on those worlds. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. And today we are talking about part two of our Hamilton series. We are not. We're talking about something extremely different that I do not like anywhere near as much. But uh, interestingly wrapped up in the talk yeah, we had last week. There's, there's some interesting crossover for sure. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about? We are talking about Logan's Run. Um... So specifically, I was looking at basic income, which is a concept I'll explain in a minute, and what it would mean for Logan's Run, and then I totally went off in a different direction that has to do with robots and productivity. So get excited cool. for robots and I'm productivity. I'm very excited about this. Um, let's. Why don't we talk about what Logan's Run is? Yeah. Before we even do before ratings. we get, even if we don't do the full plot, we should at least basic Logan's yeah. Run. Because I don't think everybody knows Logan's Run. No, in fact, I think two-thirds of us maybe have some understanding of what Logan's Run is. I know it's a dystopia, and I know that they kill you when you get too old. Yes. Um, I know that they have fun body suits. Yeah, yeah. that's um, fair. And I know that there's like a tram that plays an important part of... It's like an action set piece, I think. Yeah, they oh, do you have know like... What? Did you look yeah. this up today, or was this just knowledge from around? This is just things that I've encountered... I watch a lot of things that reference Logan's Run. This is pretty much where it comes from. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think it is one of those um, sci-fi things that sort of is the basis for a lot of better sci-fi things. Or a lot of better comedy that, like, touches back on it. That's fair. Um, Do you want to go first in your rating, then? Well, I guess we should... So, I mean, David did a nice job. I'll set the anchor. I know nothing about this. He's like, it sounds like you know more than I was nothing. about to say, I don't think that's a zero rating, though, based on what you know. It's a, There's a decimal point in it. All right. <laughs> like, okay, you're going to give yourself... Almost like a point nine. Oh, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. That's um, an even meaner Price is Right guess. Point nine. Point nine, Bob. There's some decimal points <laughs> no, on those boards. No, I don't think so. <laughs> just yell at you, first of all, I'm not Bob. <laughs> Second Quit of all, calling me Bob. spay and neuter your animals. <laughs> um... I think that, like, my rating, uh, uh, so the last time that I watched this movie, I was in the teenager, maybe? Um, my dad loves sci-fi movies, especially B-sci-fi movies, and I have a lot of fond memories of this movie. I think that it is, in my head, it's a good movie, but that may just be because the other movies that my dad really likes are not as good. In fact, I think, and uh, Dad, if you're listening to this, I love you, I think this is great, and I know this makes you mad, but the very, you know, Mystery Science Year 3000? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know the movie that they did? 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the movie that they spoof in that is This Island Earth. Mm-hmm. It's one of my dad's favorite movies, legitimately, and he was oh. actually very bad that they did it in this oh. movie. Um, so I have seen that movie both with and without uh, color commentary from a pair of robots and a dude. Um, but I think that I'm going to give myself I'm going to give myself a three because I remember the plot, and I remember Michael York and what he looks like in it, and I remember. Which I want to talk about that in a minute. Yes, but. and I remember watching it with my dad, and that's about it. Is it based on a book? It is based on a book. That's what I thought. Yes. Do you know who wrote it? Uh, no, but give me a moment and I can find it out for you. Thanks, pal. Uh, yeah, good vamping. He doesn't need me to vamp. He's Googling and vamping. I ran out of vamp. William F. Noland and George Clayton Johnson. Two people wrote that book? Apparently. Published in 1967. My theory is anytime you see two people wrote a book, it's one person wrote the book and the other one was like, I have ideas too. <laughs> Looking at you, Ben Affleck. It's like, oh, dang, it's not my job. Got him. They are different, though. So I'll go with The book mine. and the movie? Yeah, a little bit. Well, actually, a decent amount. But the specific one being, so, as Damon pointed out, it's a children in the corn style. You only live so long from dystopian future. They get to be 26. Split the difference perfectly. In the movie, it's 30, and oh. the book is 21. Oh. oh. Wow, that's a way shorter time. Yeah. That's a civilization of useless people. I was going to say, only live to be 21. <laughs> yeah, As a person who is nearing 30 this year, I can tell you right now, I would not have contributed much to society at 21. We'll talk yeah. about that. I'm just now ramping up my peak. I like <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Just as all my brain cells begin to die. Um, she says, as I drink, drink beer. beer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so where do I stand on this? So here's what I will say. I liked the movie because, so I just watched it for the first time for this thing. So I'm actually going to give myself a little bit of higher rating because yeah. I literally saw it like a week ago. Yeah. Because I actually do work for this podcast, so I'm like, you assholes. <laughs> Listen, I had a lot going on. No, no big deal. Um, but the point is, I recently saw it. I've never read the book, obviously, and there's, I think there was a short-lived, like, one-season TV show that obviously yes. I never saw. That was fairly recent, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the 90s. Yeah. I don't know. We'll look it up later. So, I like campy old sci-fi. I love campy old sci-fi. Um, and so I wanted to, I wanted to like this, and I did like it, but it's hard to watch from 2017. Mm-hmm. Because it's an idyllic future society with zero non-white people. Oh yeah. Oof. There's one woman who is just a damsel in distress. Like it fails oh, the yeah. bestial test in a major way. She's not the only woman in that world, though. No, but like she's, she's the, the only, only one I think woman. who says more than two things. I don't even know if any other woman speaks. Now that I think about it, somebody might have been bumped so. into in a hallway or something and said like, "Excuse <laughs> you." <laughs> But, like, other than that, like... When he was running? Does she say it when he's running? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Logan's brisk jog. (laughs) Bro, that's in my numbers, 0.9. (laughs) I just want to make that clear. Um, So, like, I liked watching it. It just, like, every scene that there was, like, you know, 30 people in a hallway and not a single one of them looked different than the person next to them. Mm. I was just, like can't with this. When did this movie come out? The 70s? I mean, it was old. It was in the 70s. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to give excuses for the time because that's no, not, not at all. But Just it was, like, it's 76, so, like... 
Because I don't think People it's super unlikely woke. for it to happen today. Oh, either. no. If it was remade, it would be remade better. But. Do you remember the movie The Island with yeah. Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor? I never I saw like it, but it I heard it was really good. pretty white also, though. Hmm. Yeah, but wasn't that kind of like... I think that... Not that I think it's an excuse for it to be like narratively significant, but like they're clones specifically of like a select group of people, I think. Yeah, they're like to they're uh it's a similar plot to Kazuo Ishiguro. I'm probably getting is that who wrote this? The whole, Never like, Let Me Go. The whole like rich and powerful people have clones to harvest their organs yeah. sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers for both of those things, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. It came out ten years ago, I care. <laughs> <laughs> and also I don't think it's very good. Actually, no, I don't know. Um, but uh, all that to say, I would hope we would be more woke today, but chances are pretty good we probably wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so, good point. But anyway, I just, I just <laughs> like, that was my, like, I wanted to like it, and I did like it in a world where it was like, you know, women had strong, if this movie had been made with strong women roles and a few POC, like, I think, and like it was representative of an actual idyllic world, it would have been a really interesting concept and good plot. Yeah. But instead I was just like, mm, this is interesting for this, these white men to run through and do their things. Right. That's kind of the problem that I have, not to get too far off topic again with another sci-fi thing, but that's kind of the problem I have with Fahrenheit 451 too, is yeah. like his wife is this kind of useless TV lump and like has no emotional backbone or story at all and it's just about him like running away and he's a like guy in yeah. the movie anyway and that's a i feel a little better about that because it's so much just one person so yeah. it's like his wife is bad but it doesn't imply all, all women, women are, are dumb and like, and like in he's the a end, white guy but it doesn't imply there's not heroes that aren't of other race like not right. that they should be represented don't get me wrong but like at least that one it's it's just him yeah this is like there's like eight main characters and they're all white dudes there's only really like three but still um not great yeah still statistically erroneous yes <laughs> for a sampling of incorrect low <laughs> population right so let's do hold on okay so my rating oh sorry i forgot about that part <laughs> that's all right i would say is like maybe a five maybe a six somewhere in there Pretty i've solid. seen it recent but that's the extent of my real knowledge of it okay um, let's do a quick plot to get everybody up to speed. We kind of did a little bit when Damon did his rating, but, yeah. um, here's my understanding of it. Also, it's a society of people who are, uh, it's utopic. Everything's taken care of for them. They're all very young, and if they hit a certain age, there's a gem in their hand that lights up, and they have to go do this ceremony where they get killed. But it's this, like, very celebrated thing. They all get flung into the sky. Yeah, it's very trippy. <laughs> they get flung into the sky and, like, exploded. Yeah. Um, but the theory, the reason is it's, like, a cult religion where, oh. like, the thing is that, like, they're not dying. They're all getting renewed. Oh. So that's why they all have, like, there's, like, Logan 5, Logan 6, like, oh. Jenny. I think she's Jenny 4 or 6 or something. So, like... All of them have a name and a number, so supposedly, like, you keep getting renewed is, I think, the way it works. Oh. Air quotes. Air well, quotes. yeah, I mean, that's that's what, like, makes them walk willing to lead to their death. Who's the L. Ron Hubbard of this uh, world? Who's, like, their leader? Do they the have a leader? computer program. Oh, okay. It's like a computer. Oh, it's AI? Yeah, like, oh. runs this whole idyllic city. But there's, like, a police force specifically... 
um, for people who don't go to the ceremony. Either like gems starts flashing that they're supposed to die and they try to run away and escape the city and supposedly live longer, I guess. Yeah. And Logan um, is a part of that police force. Yes. He is. What is the name of them? They're like Sandmen? Sandmen. Yeah. I feel like it's a traditional name for a police force. Yeah, uh, he's a Sandman, so they, like, trace chase down people who don't comply with this, like, you gotta die at 30. <sighs> so he, like, kills one of them, finds this random symbol, an Ankh. Oh, yes. Which, if you know what an Ankh is, it's an Egyptian symbol that means eternal life. He gives it to the computer, like, you're supposed to turn in evidence or whatever. And the computer's like, hey, this is the symbol of a group of people, like an underground railroad, basically. So, for white people. <laughs> well, I mean, in this theory, for people who don't want to die at 30, is right. the theory. So they send him to go find... Statistically not a problem for white people. Yeah, well... <laughs> they send him to go find this group, and he's, like, called up this girl on this ultimate Twitter machine, or... T- not, twi- not Twitter. <laughs> this ultimate Tinder machine, oh. which okay. apparently you can just put yourself in and then appear in somebody's house and bone down with them. All right. That's how he, like, runs into Jenny. He, like... He just randomized a girl to the Yeah, she just shows up and he wants to have sex. And she's like, I don't want to. He's like, well, then why'd you put yourself into the system? And she's like, I don't want to. And he's very pushy. And again, it was another thing that I was just like, mm, this doesn't different hold time. up. Different <laughs> yeah, this is not okay. <laughs> uh, cultural moment happening right now. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, she's also wearing an ox. So he like, the computer like shortens his life. It doesn't actually tell him whether it actually shortened it or did it for him to go undercover. But it basically makes him go like, you're going to die tomorrow. So he goes to her and is like, I want to run. I know you can find me sanctuary. Help me find it. And he convinces her this. And then they run. And it's like him being undercover. And throughout the course oh, of yeah. this like whole thing, A, they find out that like people haven't actually been escaping. They've been killed by some weird food freezing robot in the bottom of the city. Do you remember this part? They no. like go underneath the city and there's this robot that keeps freezing everybody who comes down there. I remember... This is probably from a different movie entirely. I remember like a hallway outside in, with like stone all around it, and there's like moss on things, and they like read a story off the wall. Yes, that might be this, but it might be after that. So the point is, they like, find yeah. out that most of the real escapees have been killed by like a machine. Great. They get past it though. They find their way out into the Library of Congress slash the Capitol that's because it's happening I... just outside of New York, uh, Washington D.C. And that's what you're thinking about. Yes. Because then they find an old man who lives out there, and they're like, "Oh, you can live past 30. That looks great. Do you want to come play basketball with us? Oh, you can. And he's like insane. Do you want to eat this Butterfinger? Oh, you can. He's like kind of insane. Can he's kind of dementia. I don't know. But anyway, they bring him back, and they're like, "Look, you can live past 30. And I don't really remember. You <laughs> just watched <laughs> Well, he, like, shoots the computer. Like, he oh. gets interrogated. Is it like a now we're all going to He breaks out. out. He shoots the computer. Everybody leaves the city and run and finds the old man. And they're like, you can be old. We'll all live to be old now. And they're like, but he's so gross. Do we have to? Kind of. They're kind of rude. They're very rude, this old man. Oh, Jenny it. finds him and she's like, can I touch those wrinkles? Do they hurt? And he's like... Oh yeah, do they hurt? I remember that. He has like a thousand cats too, so like, I gotta tell you. Listen, if there's only one of you... hes I mean, he's lived alone for decades, so I get why he's crazy, but if I found an old person like they acted like this, I'd be like, oh, I'm good with 30. Yeah, 
That seems fine. Like, if I didn't know that the intervening years would be pretty pleasant, I'd be like, hmm. Maybe I will get renewed. Yeah, they no, that was 31. You don't know if that's like yeah. 30 like, one day. Right? They don't yeah. know. That could be like the day your gem turns off, <laughs> you immediately de- become an 85-year-old senile man. My bones! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nightmare world. Uh, yeah, get, looking at an old person without context would probably not be very reassuring for any of these people who decided that they weren't going to run. Well, then also, these people seemingly don't have jobs, and we'll talk about that in a second, but, like, so now there's, like, thousands of people just out in the world without the computer that has taken care of them their whole lives. Oh, yeah. Mm. And so, there's like, no this movie ends in a tragedy. Oh, yeah, like, if you go four years in the future, like, some of them are still alive, but probably, like... 70% of them have died because they've also like never experienced cold because they're like as they're washing yeah. into DC there's a walking to DC it's like cold for the first time so like they have everything taken care of for them they probably get disease for the first time I mean it's like repopulating a new continent like I bet you there's like 20% of them left at the end babies. Of, yeah they don't know anything except <laughs> don't how want to do anything yeah yeah who mm-hmm. except they basically know how to shoot these random flame guns and cool. they have ultimate Tinder. And that's it. Also cool. Both no. of which things they don't think they have anymore. Well, they might have no, flame guns. Yeah, the flame guns may or may not still work. I but I bet you once they run out of bullets, they're, they're forget it. Um, so Logan murdered them all. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> he, I, I, ooh, that would be a fun math to do. What? Damn. No, like do they net out more years? So twenty oh. percent of people survive, but they survive to eighty instead of all dying at thirty. Like net net, do you get the same number of years of life? If you would let just let them keep going in their idyllic thirty years old in right. the world, like because twenty percent of the people get fifty more years, but the other eighty percent die. How many but people are we talking? That's the thing. It's, it's, it's hard. It's like hard to say. Colony, it looks like a few thousand, but there's like no way to. Because I gotta say, I don't. I think twenty percent is a high number for a group of people who have no survival skills. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean in terms of who would survive? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe the Sandman might be in an okay spot. Mm, I don't know. Logan seems okay. So I don't mean to do this, but you know, this is our podcast. Oh yeah, get to the podcast. How, no, not that. How long before they start eating people? Absolutely, minutes after they realize that they can't just get <laughs> a hamburger from the machine anymore. <laughs> I'd like a burger. There's no burger? How? <laughs> you didn't even try any of those plants. You're not even hungry. <laughs> I'm peckish. Please, let me eat your arm. I had low blood sugar. You don't need it. You're going to live till 80. So, Dan, let's stray away from this. Everyone in this community is going to die. And talk about before they all die. Right. So here's what I basically started with. What I started with is, okay... None of them seemingly work, except the Sandmen, and there's a random doctor who does, like, facial reconstruction, and a nurse. Oh. I feel like you wouldn't need any of that. I think it's like if you want to look different. It's like a very oh. vanity thing. It's like a character creator? Pretty much. <laughs> like, you can look whatever you like, whatever you want. Because at some point he goes there to try to get a new face to, like, get away from the cops, and then this person drives to, the doctor drives to kill him. There's, like, a random laser battle where, like, things are flying all over the place. It's a whole thing. Oh, wow. 
Been a while, huh, Liz? Yeah, <laughs> it really has. It also makes me think, it like very, very tangentially makes me think about how horrified I was by the idea that in The Wizard of Oz they could change Dorothy's eye color to match the dress she was wearing. Because mm. in my head I was like, that's going to hurt. Have you ever watched Star Trek First Contact? Once. Just reminds me of that where there's like a needle going into his eye. Oh, God. It's kind of creepy. <sighs> Sorry, Meg. My wife hates <laughs> and needles. my mom, who hates <laughs> eyes. <laughs> okay. All eyes. All hates eyes everywhere. In the land of the blind. The one-eyed man is king. Thinks eyes are gross. <laughs> <laughs> In the land of the blind, Lisa hates eyes. <laughs> um, anywho, so I wanted to look up, like, basically in the U.S., if you just did this system, what would people have as a basic income? So do you guys know what basic income is? Uh, vaguely, this is like the, if, if everybody in, who is a citizen of the country is guaranteed a certain amount of money, like a, there you go, a basic income. Exactly. So people basically, there's this concept in economics that people, some people think is great, some people think is terrible. There's a lot of tests going on throughout the world, um, mainly in the Nordic countries, because of course they're going to do things right the first time, but, um, about whether this is something that should happen. But it's... (laughs) It's that like, I share, but it's an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically instead of whether we should have like the welfare state as we have it now, where it's like, hey, if you need help, we give you help. It's just everybody gets a set amount of money. Mm-hmm. So yes, the worries are that like people will just stop working, they'll be lazy, they'll be whatever. But it can also be good for helping people retrain or get education or start their own businesses or you know replace jobs lost by robots or kind of any of that sort of stuff. So... No, there's literally an argument for why people should have it. You smiled at me as if that's a Logan Run No, I smiled thing, because you yawned. No, no, no. It is almost 9 o'clock. So that's what I looked at. So here's the, the data we need. I found two articles, and again, we can put up the spreadsheet, but it, it basically tracks government spending. So this is U.S. specific. Okay. Government spending on the welfare, the main thing, so it's just Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Mm-hmm. As well as government incomes. And then the population. I also looked up, because we need to know that. So, just the way things are now. We spend $2.5 trillion on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Barf, that's such a high number. That's a high that's number. Like a low, Annually. Cool. A low number in terms of what we spend on, like, military. It's a made-up number. Uh, we <laughs> spend $4 trillion total. I think that actually is our biggest spending number. But um, what, military? No. No. Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Oh. But military's very, very high up there. Um, but anyway, and we have 313 million people. Okay. So just straight up divide those things. We could have about an $8,000 basic income per person per year. If okay. all we did was just totally get rid of our Social Security, our Medicare, our Medicaid, and just gave it to every person every year. Okay. Even split. Even split. It's not a lot. No. But we're talking only people under 30. Oh, yeah. This movie, right? Oh, barf. (laughs) (laughs) So if we had the exact same $2.5 trillion in spending, we only have 125.5 million people under 30. Oh, what up, boomers? So... That gives everybody a 20000 basically, basic income every year. Oh, shoot, that's tough. That's so, tough. yeah, 1700 a month, basically. You also solved the housing crisis. 
In one fell swoop. Oh, I see. So all <laughs> we have to do is get rid of everyone over 30, you say? Right. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Um, but that's assuming the same spending with way fewer people to generate that much revenue. I was going to say, I feel like the, the thing that comes immediately to mind, and like I, I feel like this might be a good idea, but I worry that, like, how do we guarantee that this money that we are giving to people is enough to do anything with? What do you mean enough to do anything like with? Like, this basic income, should we be able to give people, like, $8,000 a year? How do we guarantee, like, the worth of that money in terms of, like, what people... Like, some people may need more than that, obviously, and then, like, some medical costs are definitely more than that. Like, right. how do you ensure... And then, like, on top of that, how do you ensure that, like, that's enough... You know what I mean? Is this making well, sense? Yes, and that's okay. one of the real issues, and that's why they're testing basic basic income, is because they don't know how much... They don't, a, don't know if it works, period. Mm -hmm. And B, they don't know how much is enough. Yeah. Right? Do you give everyone the same? Because that seems fair. But do you give maybe people who live in urban environments more? Because otherwise, if you give everybody the same and it's not enough, will nobody live in cities because they're more expensive? And then same thing, do younger people need more than older people, or vice versa? Right. So like, and you get into like equality versus equity. Right, and they also kind of want to try to get it, last I saw at least, to like the right point where you don't have to work, but you're going to live very Spartan if you don't, so it incentivizes people to still work and right. to like for self-worth and to have luxuries and do all that yeah. stuff. So like, they're still trying to figure all that out, frankly. It's, it's not decided in the real world, but in this movie, I mean, I doubt it's actually a system where you get a set amount and you have to then go buy things. I think it's just everything's Yeah, it seems like clear. you have it all. But I just was interested in what this would mean, like, in our current world. What could we do right now? Mm -hmm. So then I said, okay, we, we the U.S., makes an income of $3.6 a year. The government does. Notice, you'll remember, I said we spent four-something, so. Well. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, 3.6 trillion, and I assumed that's based on a working population from the ages of 20 to 65. Sure. Seems to make sense. sense? That makes sense. Which is 187 million people. Okay. So, if we make 3.6 trillion with 187 million, basically, we generate about... Nineteen and a half thousand per person. Now again, that's not what the person earns. This is what the government earns per person. Sure. So that's taxes, taxes. And, and all that sort of stuff, right? And some of those people don't work. There's other ways we we tax businesses, blah 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 blah. But like, that's the idea. So if we only had people from twenty to thirty working, mm -hmm. because presumably below that you're too young to work or you're not as productive or whatever. Let's just say twenty to thirty. That's also made it easy to break down the census numbers. Sure. You would wind up generating... Hold on. Had to do some uh, decimal places. <laughs> $854 billion. Okay. Per That's year. a lot less money. That's a lot less money. Well, if you go from 20 to 65 and then you go from 20 to 30, you cut out way more than half, right? Yeah. yeah. $854 billion. Right now, our spending on Social Security and whatever else, to income is about 70%. So, like, we per, we generate 70% and we spend more than that. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, all that being said, our new spending would be 1.8 trillion based on 20 to 30 year olds. Okay. So based on what percentage of our income we spend, 20 to 30 year olds being the only ones working and what they generate, we'd have 1.8 trillion to throw around. Okay. Okay. So $14,000 a person from zero to 30. So $1,000 a month for everyone from zero to 30. Not a lot, but not horrible. No. And in Logan's Run, they have a weird dystopia, dystopic section caged thing where they keep their zero to 15 year olds. You remember this? No. They have a place they literally call for the Cubs, and it's like a lawless craziness <laughs> thing. What? Go back and watch it, man. It's a fucked up movie. Oh, what? What? How do they learn Wait, how to so die the animals? <laughs> I have no idea. There's no, all the children. They, they meet like a three-year-old in there, and she's just like, she's okay, but then like the rest of them almost get killed by this just random roving band of like 14-year-olds. Oh, year I remember that. That sounds so different than now. That's true. Have you never they been to a mall? We live across the street from a high school. It's very scary. Oh my god, youths. Oh no. But They're like, not going to move out of my way. The impression I get is, so they, they talk about how there's like green or yellow and red, like how close you are to death. Mm -hmm. I get the impression you start at 15, you get five years of green, five years of yellow, five years of red. So they like put the gem in your hand as you leave the children pit? I think you're born with it. It just doesn't change color until you turn 15. Oh, They're not very clear. Or like it's implanted at birth, basically. Sure. Um, anyway, though. But, so what you're saying is nobody raises these kids. They just somehow figure out how to wear clothing and feed themselves. Somehow. Magical. But if so, then you're spending, because if you only have to get that $1.8 trillion for people that are 15 plus, then it jumps up to $27,000 a person, oh. or $2,000 a month, give or take. 2250 These kids just live in squalor. So if you force your kids to live in squalor... Which it seems like they do. That's not bad. 2000 and change a month. Okay. You know, that's the sacrifice of making all the kids in the world pull Lord of the Flies, I think. Uh, and kill everybody else off at 30. And kill everyone else off at 30. Sounds great. I've got another nine-ish months uh, to enjoy my retirement. <laughs> 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 yeah, but unfortunately, you don't get everything provided for you, so That's true. it's a bad trade-off. It's a bad trade-off. You have to get all or nothing, guys. That being said, I don't even know how I got down this rabbit hole. Oh, you know what it was? <laughs> I do know what it was. I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, this is all great and wonderful, assuming like all the numbers we have now, but they don't work. Right? Like, I'm assuming the 20 to 30-year-olds work, generate income, and then that becomes basic income for everybody. Right. Which really all that subsidizes is from 15 to 20, which, that sucks. The rest of you are just working for a low wage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, no, clearly the robots do everything for them. Minus being a Sandman or apparently a face doctor. <laughs> which he seems like he does for fun. It does say, sounds like that more way. like a hobby at this point. Yeah, I mean, so... So I wanted to basically figure out, hey... How do we make that happen? So the government tracks what's called productivity, which is basically output per worker, how much we produce. And they also track how many hours we work. So I can basically look, and I looked from 1950 to 2016, how much more we produce and how much less we work. 
It's a sad tale, gang. Oh boy. No. Oh boy. It's a real sad tale told here. The good news, if there is such thing as good news. <laughs> so bleak. I know, but it's it's about to get sad up in here. <laughs> we work less. The average person working went from 37.75 hours in 1950 to 34.3 hours. Okay. So we work 9.2% less. We work 90.8% of the hours we used to work. Mostly so that your employer can avoid giving you full-time health insurance benefits. Yeah, I mean, this does include, like, part-time and a lot of other things. So there's probably some sad things in there. But the point is we do work less. That's sure. great. And so you go, cool, does that mean we produce 9% more because we work 9% less? So, like, they gave us off time for that? Oh, Dan. <laughs> we are 380% more productive. Oh, we don't have to do as much. You would think that. So, basically, for every 100% more productive we get... Which you have to assume is largely robots. Like, there's also maybe humans getting better and processes getting better and all sorts of other things. But humans like, inventing robots. But from the 50s robots to the... Robots inventing robots. <laughs> robots inventing humans. Matrix. Sorry, my brain just exploded, <laughs> but I think I'm back. But again, you have to assume from 1950 to, to now, a lot of our productivity gains have been computers and robots and manufacturing. So we got... 380% more productive and only got to take 9% time off. All right, seize the means of production. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's time for the proletariat to rise up. Or, uh, but anyway, so that means for every 100% more productive we become, for every doubling of our output, we, we get, get 3% time off. We get to work 2.4% less. <laughs> so you were full three. <laughs> America! <laughs> so... If we get 3,766% more productive, <laughs> we, all we don't have quit. to work anymore. We all get okay, okay no. everybody, Admittedly, you can't get off. it down to zero because zero times anything is going to be zero. So, ba But basically, we could work one hour if we could get the current machines we have to be 3,766% more productive. It's coming. AJ, as my main tech friend... <laughs> Make the computers 3,766% more productive for me. Please, before we hit retirement. And then we could have the Logan's Run idyllic sort of life where you don't have to work at all and the machines do it all for you. And it's not like you're getting a, a basic income and you have to choose how to spend it. It's just the machines do all the things. Oh, this is the Jetsons life. This yeah. is the Jetsons life. Yeah. But down below uh, in Logan's Run isn't a weird nightmare hellscape covered up by clouds. Uh, no, when, it's a weird nightmare hellscape run by a machine that freezes people. That's fair, but you know, six and one half a dozen <laughs> of the other. Rosie was always just kind of right on the edge of it, if you think about it. Yeah, she's a complicated one. Yeah. Judy and Elroy are weird names for the future. Hansel? Well, I'm just saying, they're very <laughs> old names to be like future people. I feel like Elroy's going to come back around. You know, it's that thing of, like, um, when people name their kids after their grandparents. So, like... My grandparents' names were Edith and Melvina, so it ain't happening for my kids. Get ready. I'm Wait. not doing that to my kids. 
your grandfather's My name? grandmother's. Oh. <laughs> Which one was your grandfather? No, I had an Edith and a Malvina, so hard pass on the grandmother's it's names. Lindsay and Dana. No, my grand. all the male names in my family are boring. We literally have George, Ed, John, and James. That's it, as far as the eye can see. Bills, lots of bills. Bills, 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 you know? Dollar dollar bills? Yeah, dollar, but dollar you bills. won't have to worry about all those bills if we can make the machines 3,766% more yeah. productive. <laughs> um, but do we want that? Yes. To not work and let the machines do it? Yes. Well, what I remember we talked not so long ago about um, uh, dips de- deflation and how the Industrial Revolution caused uh, possibly a giant dip in... Yeah, but this is different. This is productivity. So, like, in theory in this world, right, if you can get them that productive, they produce all the things we currently produce. And so money could, in theory, become a a non-object. We'd have to worry about inequality, which we already have to worry about. Sure. But, like, it's all produced, so why bother making some people buy it and some people not, right? It just becomes all free, and we just have to find some sort of system to distribute it either proportionally or non-proportionally, whatever the system becomes, but, like, it's already made, right? Mm -hmm. What has been happening, the reason that our, you know, hours have only gone down 9% for our productivity of 300, almost 400%, 380%, is that, you know, the machines produce some things, we then produce more, and, you know, we, that you still buy more things. It's just, like, the poorest person's life has become better. Mm Mm-hmm. And the richest person life has also become way better. Mm-hmm. Basically, the baseline has moved up. Gotcha. Okay. And everything else has just become, you know what I mean? Like, nobody can not afford to have more than one set of clothes now, but not everybody can afford a helicopter. Right? Like, the, the, the baseline has moved up, but... So we will all be equal when it is completely inexpensive to buy your own personal helicopter, is what you're telling me? That's exactly it. No, just what I'm saying is there will probably, the real life, what will actually happen is they'll probably be rich and poor 300 years from now, but the poorest but the poor person will, have will be richer, <laughs> yeah, exactly, will be richer will be than richer. the richest person now in terms of, like, the quality of things of they have, okay. exactly, so I'm you'll see a bunch of poor people in helicopters, and all the people on the teleporters will be like, could you imagine still having to use a helicopter, and then they'll teleport from place to place. <laughs> Here I am with my rocket boots and my future Bitcoin. <laughs> really about that future Bitcoin? Listen, I regret nothing. If you can buy future Bitcoin in 2012. <laughs> the next time a Bitcoin comes around, buy it. Buy it early. Buy it early. But, I don't know, maybe also don't because it seems very volatile. It's extremely volatile. Seems like it's based entirely on whether or not everybody decides they're done at the same time. You remember our life episode where we talked about how risk and return go together? Yeah. Incredibly high risk comes with incredibly high return. Or in this case, hey, Bitcoin had an incredibly high return. Guess what that means? High risk. Incredibly high risk. risk. Anything more you want to say about Logan, though? Damon broke me. I want my own helicopter now. No, you don't. Well, That's such a burden. That's like getting a yacht. The first person who lived to 150 is already alive, Dan. So you might be It's not you. It ain't going to be me. You've seen my family genetics. (laughs) The first person to live to 60 has also been born. It (laughs) might be me. (laughs) Um, This is giving me a lot to think about in terms of whether or not 
I mean, you know, I am I am actually approaching 30. You know? I feel like we need to turn off the, like, mic and then just come back five minutes later and be like, okay, we've thought about it. We just we thought about this. I've mulled it over. Here's my thoughts on a guaranteed income. And uh, here's also how to solve world hunger. I like the guaranteed income, mainly because the main driver of wealth in an economy is people starting and succeeding at their own businesses. Yeah. And like... I would love to start my own business. I'd love to be my own financial advisor, and maybe one day in my life I'll do that. But the biggest thing I have right now is it takes a year to two years to generate any sort of significant revenue, and like that's a big, you have to have a big chunk of savings. But if I knew I was getting, even if it was a like quarter of my salary, you could make I could live frugal or start it a year earlier or do whatever I wanted, but I can't right now. Right. right? I mean, that would free up a lot of people to, to follow um, passion careers that are a little too scary to do right yeah. now. And, yeah, my only worry would be making sure that, like, the people who needed more help get the help that they need in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect or figured out system. But, yeah, imagine the art and the literature and the other things that, like, you could potentially get if oh, someone man. could take, even if it's not, like, never work. If they could just take two years off and be, like, between savings and this I can live to write my book. I mean, yeah, that's I think the Tegel that Mockingbird story. She got, I forget if it was like a parent or, might have even been Capote. It was like, here's enough money to live on a year. Go write your book. Like, yeah. I feel like don't you people want more to kill Mockingbirds? Yes, but no Not more from Harper Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that one, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> Poor Harper Lee. I stand by that the way I stand by Boondock Saints. If it's going more than a decade without a sequel, it doesn't need It doesn't one. need a sequel. Uh, shout out to every TV show from the 90s that's currently getting Coming back right now? Yeah. yeah. Cut it out. And Cut live it. action at that, which <sighs> is a whole other thing, but like like Ninja Turtles and all those are getting like a oh, live action. Oh, I was thinking Dragon about Dragon Ball like, Z is getting a live action. Oh, I, didn't about that. That I think so. Didn't they Avatar got a live didn't, action. Didn't, that was, that bad. was bad as hell. Poor choice. Aragon the book got a live action. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. That was Another movie 90s, that I think my dad likes. I love that book. Dad liked the book, too. Young Justice is coming back, though, and I'm hyped for that. As a cartoon. As a cartoon still, but so I'm super true. hyped for that. Scooby-Doo live actions weren't good. The first one was okay. first one was okay. There was a good casting choice all the way around. I didn't say not that. I just... Liz, you want to take us out? <laughs> yeah, please. Absolutely. Uh, this has been Make Believe Money. Thank you for listening to us. If you liked it, please check out your podcatcher of choice and leave a rating and review there, but especially Apple Podcasts. Tell three people who don't know us about this podcast and then tell them forcefully to listen to it. Sit them down in front of their computer and download an episode for them on their phone and like, they don't have to be in front of their computer for you to download on their phone. But like, put their headphones on and be like, just listen to this one. Pick a good one. I don't know. I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Start there. Um, <laughs> Dan, Dan McFart noise. Um, uh, and thank you as always to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for our theme song and music. And thank you to you for listening. And thank you to my co-host. I am Liz and they are... Damon. Dan. And there's not a third person other than that. This is end of list. So Doorknob's up there. Oh, I guess Doorknob's up there. Being a little creep. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you next time on Make Believe Money. Do you think people would still listen if robots were doing this? Um, if they weren't making any other podcasts.